This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Patty. For over 27 months, Jeff and I have been living and traveling in our RV. We've seen a lot of awesome sights and visited a lot of great places. Yep. Now, we didn't write the book about RVing, but you know what? We know the people who did. In 2014, Mark and Julie Bennett sold their home in Colorado, and they started living, traveling, and working in their RV. Yep, they learned a lot, and they decided to share their knowledge. So they started a website, rvlove.com. It's a great website, very popular. They write incredibly intricate blogs. They do very informative videos. Oh, the videos are awesome. Mm -hmm. And they detail everything you could imagine to live and love the RV life. It didn't take long for them to get noticed. They were featured in the RV Nomads documentary on YouTube, which we've seen. That's a great movie. Oh, it is. And they've been in all the major media outlets, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and a whole lot more. Yep. And they've written two very detailed books, Living the RV Life, Your Ultimate Guide to Living on the Road, and RV Hacks for Tips and Tricks. Now, recently, we noticed they were in the same RV campground park as us. Yeah. Just a few sites away. So we had to meet them. Yep, we sure did. And they're with us right now. They're great people, and they have a lot of very valuable information to share with you. Mark and Julie, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here. It sure is. We're going to talk about your book as we go along here, but I just wanted to compliment on how great it's constructed and how much information is in it. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. I'm really glad that it helped you guys with your own journey on the road, too. That's uh, that's why we do it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I bought their book before we started out on the road. So I've had that book with me this whole time. Loved it. And then here they are in the campground. Right. Yeah, here we are, just a in few sites down from here in Tom's <laughs> yes. Well, what made you decide to live and travel in your RV? I mean... This is 2014. You were both working. We didn't have that easily available broadband internet that we have today. What motivated you to do this? Well, I'll tell you that the internet connectivity definitely was not as easy back then as it is now, but we had to deal with a lot less data, you know. But when when I discovered a cellular MiFi and I'm like, wait, I can be mobile from this. I mean, I, I had a job I could do remotely. <laughs> and so I put it together that, hey, if they don't have to go to an office, I could be anywhere. And Julie and I decided we wanted to get a lot more experiences out of life and so that you can, with so limited time off, if you have the ability to be anywhere, you can just move all the time and have the Grand Canyon outside your door or have the keys right Mm -hmm. outside your door. You get to mix that all up with an RV. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. And if you don't like a place, you drive away. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't like your neighbors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, that's you know, right. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> All right. Here's an interesting question. What kind of RV did you guys start with? Well, we started with a Tiffin 35 QBA. It's a 36 foot long bunkhouse RV. And the reason the we chose the guess. class A guess. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the reason we chose that was because I had a very high value on having a separate office from my living space. And that bunkhouse, we converted the bunkhouse into my office. And I put a curtain so I could literally close it off at the end of the day and then just go about living our RV lifestyle and putting work behind me. And so that was a big part of the reason we had that. And the secondary reason we had that was that Julie's not as tall as the average person. And so we (laughs) wanted to be able to tow a car behind the RV that was easy for her to drive. So Mm -hmm. instead, kind of ruled out having the big truck in the fifth wheel. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Well, how long was it or how long did it take before you thought, maybe I need a different RV? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's three and a half years we were, when we made the change. But it was probably... Maybe three years in, and we we actually really loved our first RV, and we've mm-hmm. we've actually talked about because you know, when how many RVs are we on now? Fourth? I'm starting to lose track. Depends. It depends on which stories we want to tell. <laughs> oh, that's, that, well, that's another podcast episode of the secret oh, RV. But, but <laughs> we've talked about how you know we would still be really happy in that first RV we started with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, life, your life stage changes and what you need changes over time. And I think it's very common for RVs to change rigs. And I think the biggest thing for us with that first RV was... Weight capacity. The weight capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did a YouTube video and a blog post about this where... You know, we took our coach in to get what's called a four-corner way. You took it after, I think it was after Quartzsite, which mm-hmm. a lot of people will be heading to here this month, mm-hmm. loading up their rigs with rocks after the gem and mineral show. <laughs> and then they'll go and get weighed at the escapees and they weigh all four corners of your rig because it needs to be balanced on all corners. It's not just total weight. And they'll tell you what your numbers are and, and we didn't have rocks from Quartzsite. We did not have rocks from Quartzsite. In fact, we were pretty mindful. We're pretty mindful about these things because we like to teach people to be safe in RVing mm. and we saw that even we trying to be mindful we're still overweight and so that was an issue for us that with that rig it was really big rig and we had half of the cupboards were empty and yet we were overweight. Wow. And, and so wow. that's really important for us to get that message across that when you're doing your research make sure you take all these things into consideration because it all adds up. Well, you know, we've never had this weighed. Maybe we should sometime. <laughs> yeah, I, we've, well, I mean, the well, one good thing diesel. is a diesel diesel pusher coaches tend to have quite a bit of capacity. Uh-huh. So you're probably okay in this. Uh-huh. But a gas coach, and especially a 36-foot long one with four slides, slide outs are heavy too. So it just got really overweight. And in fact, the year after ours, ours was a 2012, mm. 2013, that same RV was built on a 24,000-pound chassis instead of 22,000-pound chassis because wow. they knew that it was too easy to get overweight. Uh-huh. Right. And so... It's just something to really be mindful of and be careful with because it can really affect the safety of the RV. And I've seen someone with our exact rig down to the paint color, everything exactly the same. Twinsy. I remember him complaining, oh, the only problem is I wish it had more storage. I'm like, 
you know you're thousands of pounds overweight, right? You know? Because, oh, wow. I mean, I walk in. We know in that rig intimately. Yeah, we know that rig yeah. so well. And I walk in, I'm like, oh, you've got a additional refrigerator freezer at your door, oh. which is full of beverages. And he's got yeah. another one there in his bunk office where I had an office chair and a laptop. He had filled with bins of storage. And oh, my God. Every oh, basement my. bay was full. And I'm like, you are a hazard. You are what we're scared of on the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, people yeah. talk about safety out on the road. And we heard that story a couple weeks ago from Jeff. Jeff and Steph about he was had that horrible start to his travels and that's yes. the kind of safety most people think about but to us this unsafe is that someone's really overweight on their phone Uneducated. driving down the road and not knowledgeable about RVing and coming down the road at me. So what do you drive today? Well you know after that coach we went to a class A 1999 diesel, diesel mm-hmm. an older one that we remodeled and we did a whole makeover series on that and that was a great coach but then COVID happened right. we got a home base and then now we have a smaller RV which is a 25 foot class C it's mm-hmm. on a Mercedes Sprinter chassis it's a little Winnebago Navion like Winnebago view right. with one slide and it's a great little rig we've been in that for a bit over a year Mm-hmm. Yeah, last December we took it down And it's to fun because it's a different style travel. And in between there, we had the Jeep that we used to tow behind the RV. We then chose to tow a small travel trailer behind the casita. Jeep. And so that was fun for a different style. You know, you go and do the really remote camp next to the cliff edge type of stuff off-road. And um, so we've had that little style variety too. But that ended up being a bit too small for us, especially when we got a puppy. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And for a long trip. So last year we went down to Florida and Florida, well, from Florida to California in one trip. We actually do more Well, who doesn't stop by California on the way way home to Colorado, Colorado. right? It makes perfect sense, (laughs) right? Especially with the rising gas prices. Remember (laughs) that? Gas prices are going up and we've done more miles part-time travel in a year than we ever did full-timing yeah and that's an interesting piece of trivia too and because a lot of people when they talk about full-time RVers like oh my gosh you must spend a fortune in fuel and I I pointed out to him I actually spend less in fuel than my brothers do driving to and from work wow when we were full-time RVers in this big thirsty RVs you know Mm -hmm. and it's because we work from the RV and you might travel a hundred miles or 200 miles and then stay for a couple weeks at a new campground and Mm -hmm. so the thirsty RV doesn't consume a lot because it doesn't drive a lot. And then your smaller car doesn't have to go to work and back every day, just oh, runs right. errands or have fun. That makes so sense. Yeah. We actually spent less. And mm-hmm. like the one year we said we started off in Southern California, went up to Maine mm-hmm. and ended the year in Florida. And we did less miles than most people do driving to work every day. Oh, my yeah. god! And covered 33 states. Right. Wow. And yeah. needless to say, without the stress, without yeah. sitting there in stop-and-go traffic, yeah. makes Commutes. a lot yes. of sense. Yes, it does. Very interesting way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think when you got on the road, when you first started this, that it would lead to you writing a best-selling book about RVing? No. I, 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 no, <laughs> no, I wasn't we just, on the radar, we started. just, you know, started traveling because we wanted to, honestly, we were newlyweds, really. I mean, we'd been married for just a couple of years and we wanted to spend more time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wanted to spend more time together and travel and have experiences and spend time with our dog. And that's really what, and I, I've always done, you know, writing and I was actually did dream of writing a book since I was a little girl, but... But not about RVing. Not about RVing. That, that surprised me. And uh, so when that opportunity presented itself, the publisher actually reached out to us in early 2018. They could see, they were ahead of the trend, that they could see that RVing and full-time RVing was on the rise, right. the level yes. of interest. So uh, and we 
that book was out in November of that same year. We only had five weeks to write it. Yeah, wow. pretty, crazy. pretty crazy. But you know, we just had to basically when they gave us that thing that wanted to write the book and they gave us a deadline, we basically just had to drop everything. Yeah. In, including when, even though we were in the middle of changing our RVs at that oh, time. Yes. And so we ended up we couldn't even move into the new RV. We just said, "You know what? We're just going to throw our stuff in the storage and we're going to go rent a hotel room with a conference room table so that we can just shut away from everything and write no distractions. and write and write and write." So and um but it was it was really great. Well, this is an impressive book, and we highly recommend everybody read it. I mean, it's so thorough and packed with important information. You had to assemble it in five weeks, but you've put years of knowledge into this. Well, it, it kind of did because it, we'd been you know, researching RVing since 2013 and then started RVing in 2014. But just about eight months before we started writing the book, we uh, created an online school for RVers called RV Success School. And so it was... What you see in the book there, which is a very condensed version, we had a much bigger version in the online school. So kind of the information we'd already created and embodied. embodied. So mm-hmm. I think that was the only reason we were able to do the book so quickly. Yeah. It wasn't like we had to start right. from scratch. Oh, but we right. had to do a much more condensed yeah. version of it, which is uh, – and, and write it for every kind of RV, you know. Write it for someone who wants to full-time or part-time. Is it a travel trailer or a big luxury motorhome or a truck camper? It's it's to try and write it with all those different kinds of RVs and travel styles, you know, retired couples, families, solo. Yeah. That's what I think really took the thought process in getting that together. But but we're proud of it and really happy at how many people it's helped. Yeah, that's amazing. And they all know about weight because we really put that in. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, really, yeah, that's great. That wasn't out there so much when we started. And you know, I love the story of how you two met. You have to talk about that. <laughs> he doesn't love a good love story. <laughs> I know. Um, well, how did we meet? I, well, if those are listening, I am Australian originally, and I've been living in the U.S. since end of 2008, and we met in 2010. Yep, on the ever-popular eHarmony. Wow. Um, so okay. we both went on there, and it's been it's an amazing tool for those who haven't aren't familiar with it because it's all values-based, and uh, we're big fans of that. But we met on eHarmony. Julie had already come over to America, mm-hmm. um, moved over here with a couple suitcases after the global economic, um, economic meltdown in 2008. But we just really hit it off there in um, 2010 and grew from there. Yeah. That's then, amazing. Yeah, I love that. We got married like within a year and it was only a couple of years after that. Well, three years after we hit the road. Actually, what's funny is about six months before our wedding, mm-hmm. we were at the sand dunes. I've been to Colorado. Have you been to the... Great Sand Dunes in no, Colorado. We have not. You need to put that on your list. Okay. It's a great place to go. Sure. We've gone there to, I shouldn't say this on public, but we should get a little bit of sand from the dunes for our sand ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I had some friends and family bring a little bit of yellow sand from the beaches of Australia and Mark got a little bit of the oh, grey-brown nice. sand from oh, the, from the uh, sand dunes for our sand ceremony for yeah. our wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we started to stop to in Colorado Springs at a restaurant in that was dog friendly and we were out on the back patio and there was another couple that was just loving life as well and we started to talk to them and it turns out they had just started full-timing RVing and they had sold their home in Florida because they had had the meltdown in Florida the economic Mm. prices of real estate just crushed that state and so they sold that and we're traveling RV and we got inspired by the idea, went back home got back into life for another year or two but then hey remember that couple? 
we just got to look into this more and get into the mm. RV lifestyle. Because that was where the first idea came to us was from a random encounter at a restaurant. Well, I love the story about what first gave you the idea about maybe traveling mm. the country down the road is before we even met. And that was with your previous employer. That was with my previous employer. I used to work for a company called EAS and I managed a program called Body for Life. And during that, we used to have all this... I was part of the prize patrol where you hand out the big checks to people, you know, like the Ed McMahon at the prize wow. publisher oh. clearinghouse kind of thing. But we used to fly around the country and award those checks. But then after the attacks of 9-11, then air travel was really difficult that year. And so we ended up hiring a big class A motorhome coach with a driver and drove us around the country to go award the checks. And oh, I wow. thought, they wrecked the bus. Now and- this oh. is the way to travel, yes. right? Like, you get to see all the world while you're traveling around and then... You have the, all the comforts. You get up and walk around and and see and everything through hotels. that big windshield. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, with the yeah. big group of us in that, we stayed in hotels at night. But still, that was when I really got the uh, the bug for this style of travel. And oh, then when we cool. were researching it, we realized they don't have to be these four hundred thousand dollar Prevo or a million dollar Prevos. That was a used that, Prevo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was a seven hundred thousand dollar Prevo. Yeah. Oh, um, that you were driving around the country. That we were driving around. Yeah. In. But you can get into this lifestyle for far less, and yeah. when you yeah. realize that it doesn't have to be such an expensive to be able to still live this lifestyle. I mean, Julie and I point out to people that. You know, whether you're in a $5,000 class CRV that you're doing a renovation on yourself or in that three quarter million dollar Prevo, you still see the same sunsets. You can still have some of the same experiences. You still yes. get to mix up your variety of your lifestyle in a way that, you know, most people can't. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that yeah. is so well yes. said. And there's yes. a quote by Ellen Goodman that you guys used in your book that I absolutely love. Normal is getting dressed in clothes that you buy for work, driving through traffic in a car that you are still paying for in order to get to a job that you need so that you can pay for the clothes, the car, and the house that you leave empty all day in order to afford to live in it. I love that. We love That's that. Amazing. What are we doing? I know. Yes. And it's so funny when you start doing this. And people think you're crazy. Yeah. And, you know, people thought we were crazy, didn't they? Mm. And then after a while and they see that we're still doing it and Mm -hmm. making you know memories and having great experiences and you know we're still married we haven't divorced from living in 300 square feet for years that that realize maybe they're really under something here and you know i think we've seen that now and our being has exploded since we started and Mm -hmm. of course the pandemic you know a whole other level of people realizing wow there's another way to get out there and live and travel and 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 you know what? Another thing is connect with your loved ones. Like we're seeing a lot of families out on the road that want to spend time with their kids, and couples that are wanting to spend time together. And you know, instead of having those jobs and commutes and well, so and many jobs you can do remotely now. That's one of the best things about the pandemic is that it forced a lot of reluctant employers to realize that their work can be done remotely. And so it opened up the whole Pandora's box of people, a whole new group of people who can work remotely, which then opens the door to full-time travel. Oh, it Mm -hmm. sure does. Mm -hmm. But you hit on something really important, and that is relationships. Mm. If you're going to travel with your wife or your husband or a significant other, you got to have a strong relationship in this little space. Because you're Mm -hmm. living with a lot less stuff Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes you step on each other's toes. Yeah, we often talk about how it's like a 
an orange or something if when you squeeze it it'll see what comes out right because <laughs> if things are going well it can actually really in in mesh and in deepen your relationship and if things are challenged it'll bring that out too so yeah. you know you see it both ways but i think it's mostly mm. a real positive and, and we've seen a lot of families and couples out there that have actually become closer through this experience. Now, obviously not all. I mean, it's like life that happens. Some couples get together and realise, you know what, we've been married for 30 years and we're empty nesses and now we're traveling. Well, actually, we really don't have that much in common. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. pick up great RV deals often when things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. My dad got right. one in Australia. He's like, well, I got this yes. brand new band. And these people realise they, they didn't really want to be together yeah. anymore. But, but, you know, a lot of the time we actually find the opposite. We find that... Um, I think more often in than a not. bigger mm-hmm. house, and when you have other distractions of life, and if somebody's getting on your nerves, you go to the other room and sweep things under the rug. But you can't in an RV. The space is much smaller. Mm-hmm. So one, I think you become more attuned to one another, and you can pick up if somebody's not quite right or their emotions, and you can address that sooner. Or you just you, you have to figure out a way to be able to navigate things. And mm-hmm. like you said, that even how do you not get in each other's way we're big fans of getting a big set of over ear headphones not those little earbuds but the big ones because it sends a message that i don't want to be i'm watching a video or i'm listening to a podcast or music like i i don't want to be disturbed and it's kind of leave me alone leave me alone (laughs) is the little visual cue if you can't see the little earbuds it's it's a nice way of saying i don't uh i don't want to talk to you right now for a while (laughs) (laughs) or i don't want to hear the news because that's let's face it that's never good yeah (laughs) right well you guys have been to every state Mm-hmm. Did you ever break down? Mm-hmm. What kind of problems have you encountered? I don't think you're a real RVer if you haven't broken down. Are yeah. you? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, you know, most of RV stuff is the, is just maintaining the house portion, though. Yeah. But we did have, um, we actually had a good couple years, and then all of a sudden we broke down three times in mm. a month. You yeah. know? And so it happens, but, it, you know, and it's especially tough when you do have a mechanical that you, when you're in a Class A motorhome that that is your home and so if it needs to go into the shop well then what your house needs to go into the shop right yep. yeah, truck and trailer you can separate those two a little bit better but that is a tricky part of RVing is that when you do need maintenance on your home or your vehicle that some, or sometimes when it's the same that that's right but mm-hmm. we've had very few times I think in over six years of full time travel I think we were out of the RV you know unwanted maybe 10 days yeah, maybe that. Maybe yeah. 10 days. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. That's and I think really a lot of shops are pretty good with when they understand you're a full-timer, they'll work with you. And sometimes they'll work on the RV in the shop and then they bring it out at the end of the day so you can stay in the parking lot for the for the night and work on it. There was mm. one time at the Tiffin factory in Alabama, we were able to stay inside the RV in the bay while they worked on it. You were working and oh, uh, banging right. and banging oh. and fixing stuff. And, oh. and so yeah, I'm on meetings at work and I'm like, what's that sound? Well, I'm no, nothing. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> <laughs> Get really good with the mute button when you're on a call. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation that maybe you were afraid? You know, I think only once that time in Colorado Springs. Mm. And that was 2020. Yeah. Well, you know, because a lot of people worry about, you know, oh, it's going to be unsafe to just park at all these places like, you know, boondocking. Walmart parking, you know, boondocking yeah. and stuff. We, in all those years, we have only one time that I felt unsettled and... That was, we had a mechanical with our big class A coach and it broke down and the older, um, yeah. older one. And so I just found, unfortunately it was, we were on the highway and I had to find a shoulder and I just pulled in an empty space near an on-ramp and 
thought, okay, well, this is where we're going to hang out tonight until I can figure out at least how to get us mobile again. And turns out a little bit later, someone came by and they were really threatening in their behavior. They were driving, they had a truck and a small travel trailer and they were driving really recklessly around this little dirt space that we were in and then he'd flash his lights at us and he'd rev his engine and drive by really fast, trying, mm. obviously trying to intimidate us. And you, you know, don't scare easily. I don't scare easily. I'm former law enforcement myself. Oh. Um, so I don't scare easily, but I was still unsettled. This is really bizarre behavior. Yeah. So I actually did call um, law enforcement to come check it out. And turns out the person was trying to imitate us because that is his place. That's where he would park his RV every night. That's where he was living. And oh, the fact we were parked so in his was space mad. was distressing him. Um, and wow. so... But, you know, once the law enforcement came and talked to him about it, he just was quiet the rest of the night, didn't raise any fuss. And then the next morning I was able to get our RV back up and running. Oh, that's uh, good. Get us somewhere else. Yeah, they are out there. Yeah. They're out there. (laughs) You know, they're in every part of the world, though. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's so it's not just in RV. I mean, that's many, many years. And that's the only time we were really uncomfortable. Other times you might have parked somewhere and you get a little uneasy feeling. You just pack up and move right Mm -hmm. but that was the only time i didn't have a choice to because we were mobilized mobilized. i like to point out to people that regular homes can be a target as well because they sure can when you're a regular home it's easier for more organized criminals to actually target see what your life pace is right like Mm -hmm. we were joking about the ellen goodwin quote earlier where you you leave this home and everything vacant all day long yeah it makes an easier target. It sure yeah. does. They can case it. Well, like I said, you've been to every state, but you guys came up with a really cool way to see Alaska. Mm. And I'm telling you, I'm like, wow, maybe we ought to do this. Well, I think, you know, we're, while the primary mode of travel and adventure for us has been RVing, we don't exclusively RV. So even when we were full time for over six years, would sometimes stay in an Airbnb, sometimes in a hotel, sometimes with friends or family. But Alaska, we were staying in Vancouver at a campground and it was around about the month of our anniversary and we'd been to 49 states and Alaska mm-hmm. was the last one. And, you know, anyone that thinks about an RV trip to Alaska know what a big exercise that is in terms of time, miles, expense, planning, oh, yeah. logistics. Exactly. And so... Well, I woke up one particular morning with this little intuitive impulse to jump onto the internet and see, well, are there any last-minute cruises to Alaska? Ah. And this was on a Wednesday, and sure enough, on that weekend, there was a seven-day, one-way cruise from Vancouver, which was an hour and a half from our campground, up to Seward, Alaska, for $399 a person. Whoa. Yes, and that included, you know, plus the port fees and taxes, but still... All of your meals are included, entertainment. It was it was a fantastic mm-hmm. time. And then we just booked a flight uh, to come back of, you know, after that seven days from got the train from Seward to Anchorage and then stayed there for a few days and then flew back. But to be able to do Alaska that inexpensively and get a taste of it, you know, it was just a week. Yeah. Right. But it was wonderful and we got to go to Glacier Bay where you see all of the glaciers and you see them falling into carving they call it when the glaciers carving and seeing that from the cruise ship and and then one of the ports we of course rented a car so that we could drive way inland just drive all day to be able to get as much and explore through the Mm -hmm. yukon and into canada and then to be able to get the welcome to alaska sign for $200 for one day for a car rental but i tell you it was worth it it was worth it it. because you know we love to drive which is part of the reason we got into rving in the first place but 
but also it gave us a chance to see a lot more of the country than you would when you're just going to cruise port. Did you see bears or moose? We, we saw see bears. Bear? We saw the salmon running. You yeah. see, wow. uh, so it's a lot of fun. Wow. We didn't. It's no. So it's we did get to be able to chance to see a nice sample of Alaska, mm-hmm. but you know we'd love to go back in a different mm-hmm. style of travel and more immersive and more time. But at least mm-hmm. we were able to have you know quite a few days up there. I think that's see. a great way to take advantage of that situation. So now, what did you do with your RV? You left it at the campground for a week. We did. We did. And so they were okay with that. Yes. So we were able to get uh, permission to leave it there. Mm-hmm. And what we often do, so you know, we've been to Australia a couple of times for two or four weeks at a time, mm-hmm. or you know, we go visit family, like. What we like to do wherever possible is go to a campground and book a month stay. Mm-hmm. And often we'll say it's a two-week trip, we'll have a week at the front because it's much more affordable getting a stay for a month. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Works out really rough. Rule of thumb average is about two and a half weeks of nightly rates is that you'll get a monthly stay. And the great thing about being an RV is you can pick wherever based on the climate or the price. Because or or where are you going to get a cheap airfare from? Yeah. So we've driven to Las Vegas mm-hmm. and said, okay, where where can we get a good price flight? Where can we get decent price um, RV site for a month or however long we need to store it for? And you know we like to go and stay say for a week and then a couple of weeks out on the trip and then you come back for another week and the RV is safe and it's plugged in and so mm-hmm. it's it really works well. You know we love that it's a it's a freedom vehicle. You know, just as a tip, you know, Phoenix often has very cheap flights in Las Vegas. So uh-huh. we would, if we're in the southwest, they would tend to be the cities we would aim to fly out of. Depends yeah. on and the And if you're going to fly to Australia, you know, there's only a few airports that you can do that. But if you go to Texas or you go to a spot nearby, so you don't need to do a double flight. You can take the direct right. flight instead of, whereas if you lived in Colorado, where I lived most of my life, you'd need to take a flight, a double flight. With the right. RV, you just drive your house to the near the airport the that can be a direct airport. one. So yeah. this it's just really fun. You have the flexibility to do a lot of different yeah. things in your life. And that's well, what we love about it, the variety. You guys have been doing this for a long time. You've written two books. Over the years of doing this, what kind of changes have you noticed and seen? The campgrounds are more crowded now than they were. Right. A lot more families out there doing this. Um, and a lot more remote workers, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have you noticed, Mark? I'm seeing a lot of big rigs. We're in this campground here at Palm Springs at the moment. A lot of big fifth wheels, 40, 43, 45, a lot of big rigs. Mm-hmm. What else are you noticing, Mark? Yeah, well, the biggest part of it, I think, is the change of the people that are out there. You know, when we first hit it back in 2014, there was a higher percentage of the retired set, and there were more, there was less full campgrounds and mm-hmm. uh, but it has been interesting to see that change in dynamic more families but when we first hit the road i mean it's always been a great energy though in places like this because generally you're going to be a retired person or a remote worker or someone who's on vacation there's usually the people you spend most of your time around so they're generally in better spirits so that's mm-hmm. been kind of fun and that's still mostly the case today yeah mm-hmm. people so. are more relaxed but yeah because there's so many more people that are working remotely now maybe it's a little less so but. right Campgrounds have gotten more expensive, of course. Yes. Fuel. Yeah, campgrounds are definitely way more expensive. In food, you know, ironically, when we hit the road in 2014, fuel was not that different. Um, we mm. were. I remember four dollars fifty at the pump when we were back in 2014. Now it's, and then we also saw fuel as low as a dollar thirty-eight during right. those during those years. Um, mm. But you got to just recognize that fuel's a variable, and it's 
an expense. One of the beauties of the RV lifestyle is that you have the variability. Someone who has a regular stick and brick home that drives to and from work, a fuel price is far more impactful Mm -hmm. to them because they can't change it. They have Mm -hmm. to drive those miles every day. Where in the RV life, if your budget is tighter and you are impacted by a fuel price, you simply slow your your travel pace so that that's less impactful. So you at least have the ability to make the modification to less less pain at the pump. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way of looking at mm-hmm. it. It really mm-hmm. is. I wanted yeah. to talk about boondocking. You know, your first RV, you guys had solar panels. How long could you stay out off the grid? We well, our didn't. Well, our first no. RV, when we first started, our very first boondocking trip was in our first RV, and it had no solar and really poor batteries right and so that one we just did a lot of hours on the generator you know so right. <laughs> but, but our second rv and made sure we parked away from and make sure people. we parked really far away from people because you're running a generator so right. much um, but our second rv we julie mentioned we did a major rv makeover on that and um, had a very powerful off-grid system with that we had 600 amp hours of lithium we had a thousand watts of solar that RV could function so similar to how it does when it's plugged in at an RV park. Um, so it was quite easy to live with that one, boondocking. That's incredible. Yeah, we'd be baking yeah. in the oven and yeah. running electric We cooked a whole and... huge holiday feast all off-grid, you know. Wow. And, wow. Uh, you know, and it had 100 gallons of water, so we could comfortably go a couple weeks without mm-hmm. water or electric from a campground. So mm-hmm. that RV was quite um, well, quite actually, well I think one of the most impressive things about that RV is we did our entire remodel off-grid using the lithium batteries yeah. and solar. So oh. we, we put in the, the 600 amp hours of battleborne lithium batteries. That's one of the first major mods we did. Mm-hmm. And then we added the solar. And then a couple of months later, we took it up to Oregon to our friend's property. He said, come on down. I'll help you out with a renovation we met him here in this campground funnily enough he and his mm-hmm. wife like we met them right here in thousand trials palm springs and so we rolled Almost up there in this site, and he starts rolling out his electrical cord and everything to get us hooked up mike's like no 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 we've got this new off-grid system we want to put it to the test we want to see how it performs we want to see if we can do this remodel off-grid oh, using wow. just and now we were in oregon it was the height of summer and it was um, mm-hmm. The where were the positioned? Yeah, the, there's a, what is it, like the 45th maximum. parallel or whatever it was, where the sun and we had maximum one cloudy sun. day in the whole time, so it was maximum solar. But mm-hmm. it was a pretty amazing. Fridge. We were running residential fridge. We we're running all the power tools, including large tools like table saws, tile saws, all those things that you wow. plug in. And all the know. rechargeable battery on your Ryobi tools, we'd like yeah. be recharging the batteries all the time because we're going through the batteries on the tools. And But we were living in the RV during the renovation, so that was a little crazy. But, you know, I'm cooking in the instant pot and boiling the electric water boiling kettle and the toaster and yeah. using so a griddle. So if your RV and, set up properly, you can do amazing things, you know. Yeah. But even a stock RV, a lot of the times has at least some ability to go boondocking. And what I'd recommend to people is before you go out there, go to a campground and just disconnect from the water and the power while you're in the campground mm-hmm. so you can start learning the capacities of your RV. And that way, if something was like, oh, wow, my battery really only lasted six hours, you might have a, a stock single battery, then you can just turn on the power and be done or mm-hmm. get more water or whatever. And it's a good way to learn and get your boondocking legs, so to speak, right. before you get out in the real deal. But yeah, I think boondocking is a real special part of RVing, and that's that's really what these things are designed to be able to do is at least have some ability to have some remote 
some remote connectivity. But I think that's like to your point, like any, anyone that's going out to start RVing, I know a lot of people, they watch a lot of the YouTube channels and read a lot of the blogs, oh, I've got to get my whole off-grid system set up. No, we, we actually say don't rush into that, mm-hmm. especially if it's your first RV because you don't know if that RV is going to work out for you. Right. And, you know, you, you guys have had more than one RV. We, yep. we all learn with every RV that we have, this works, this doesn't. And we've, mm-hmm. we've had friends that have, you know, we've met on the road that spent thousands of dollars in an off-grid system and realised they hated the oven. They don't like and it was a lemon. And oh. they sold it after seven months. So and, they're like, and they didn't like boondocking. And they didn't oh. like boondocking. They, learned, they set it all up for that, thinking that's what you do, oh. right? And then they realised they like being in campgrounds. Oh. And so they just, why did we spend all that money? And so, yeah, to Julie's point. It was point, a big expensive lesson. Yeah, expensive and so lesson. We, we don't, like, much as we love boondocking, we love having an off-grid system, we just caution people to take your time and just, just get what you need. Don't. I think so many people in regular life are just trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I think that happens in the RV life too because it's oh, – yeah. and, and they're just really – that's why we really make a point like in the book, for example, our first book, Living the RV Life, is to ask people those questions that you can ask yourself the questions to get clear on what's the most important thing to you. What is your why? What is, what is the mo- – because some people – really do just like camping in campgrounds and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that right you know but i i know that it all looks and sounds very romantic being out boondocking and and it is mm-hmm. except when it's not yeah <laughs> right cool. we were at one place uh, last year in lake havasu we were at a boondocking spot and we were just there one night and we, we were not comfortable there were we mm. it just didn't feel good and yeah. we're just like mm, right. let's go find a campground to stay uh, in yeah. and we, but there's you know there's there's a little bit of benefit of having some at least some understanding how your systems work because every once in a while you might lose power in the RV mm-hmm. park right, right. Mm-hmm. you know and so it's we've had that before so don't show up with no fuel for your generator or don't show yeah. up with you know no battery or you know and if you see a power outage go out but it's actually that was a funny story though when we were I think it was in Michigan, Michigan. and we were in a campground we went hours before we realized that the power had gone out in the campground oh because <laughs> you know you're just running we just tried to use like a, a major appliance and like oh wait we don't have power why what's going on <laughs> so oh, but that's what's funny working. about an rv is you can because they have batteries because they have systems because you have running water from a pump mm-hmm. you often don't even know that yeah you're, and we power. always tell people to fill up with water if you're in yes. an rv park because sometimes the water goes sometimes. down it does mm-hmm. it does yeah. that has happened water. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. happened multiple times, actually. Yeah. One campground in particular, it was happening a lot early in our travels. And uh, we definitely make sure we get water going into that park. Yeah, yeah. No we like to come it. into a park with uh, as close as possible a full tank of fuel and propane. If, mm. if yes. plugged in, and also a full tank of fresh water, because mm-hmm. as Mike said, we have had campgrounds go out with the water, and then everyone's rushing down to Walmart to buy the big, and then the shelves are empty, or people yeah. are beating well, themselves up. I don't usually up show water, up at a campground with water, but I usually right. put it on board when I as get there because I there. generally don't travel with water. Eight point yeah. three pounds per gallon, and mm-hmm. you got an RV with a hundred gallon tank. That's eight hundred pounds that you didn't need to carry it down the highway. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But as an example, a friend of ours, um, Mark Kep, who runs Campground Views, he. Uh, was in California actually a few years ago remember they had those bad fires mm-hmm. and they were in a campground and people are just hanging around watching and he's like guys this is coming over and he just like jumped into action hooked up his fifth wheel got his vehicle and got his family out of there but he was really low on gas he had to like the first thing he had to do was go get 
gas. Remember that? Yeah, the, and, the, I, and he's like, oh my God, never again am I going to show up with not full fuel because, I mean, uh, lot, that campground was destroyed. But yeah. he, yeah. you know, he was at least able to get out of that campground in a little ways down the road. But if he would have had a full tank of fuel, he could have got well and truly out of the f- danger zone without right. any risk. And Absolutely. So that's, good, a, that's a good, good advice. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. never know if you have to get up and out there quickly and, you know, just have a So you guys options. made a decision to get a residence Mm. but you still RV what led to okay we really need to kind of settle down a bit you know what's funny again in the book we actually said it's in print in writing we don't see an end to the full time RV lifestyle we say the same thing and we would say it too and we never planned for it we never planned to get off the road we said we will RV in another country before we end up in a sticks and bricks home it is in print and we're like well they, like I think 2020 changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And Mark's family's in Colorado. And mm. we, we really felt a strong urge to want to be closer within striking distance to family, you mm-hmm. know, should anyone need us, you know, particularly his mom. And we just happened, it was really quite spontaneous, wasn't it? We just happened to be there in uh, the summer of 2020 and just happened across a place that was small, easy lock and leave little low maintenance house. And I think that's the thing. It's hard to find little homes that aren't, we don't. This is why we like the RV life. You look out the window, someone else is mowing the lawn. Someone else right. is yeah. doing the work. And uh-huh. the maintenance of homes and, and gardens can yeah, be a big lot. Big homes like feel really overly large after living so many years in an RV. So yeah. we definitely oh, yeah. wanted a small home but in the, that simplicity. But it also part of it is that our, we were so in the RV lifestyle. And, you know, it works around the RV. Like, and so we wanted a little more work-life balance, a little more mm-hmm. separation between the two. But we also just, it was also a bit spontaneous in that it surprised us. Mm-hmm. We, we, we were looking for a small change to our travel style, as Julie alluded to during the pandemic. It was a little tricky um, after all the years prior was, diff- was so much easier. But it was also that we just both happened to show up somewhere and then we both fell in love with it and they wanted to have a little bit of a base there. But we do still RV. Like I said, we, we had the little trailer for a while and then we have this one. And in fact, we've spent... What last year we spent four months out of the R in the RV. Five, so five, yeah, yeah. five of the twelve months we mm-hmm. were actually spent RVing. So oh, we're still okay. out there. So you bit. were in your place that long. Oh, we've been. Yeah, we moved in August 2020, and mm-hmm. we. I mean, we rolled in. We were under contract within 48 hours of rolling into this town that we'd never been to before. Wow. So it was a really spontaneous, unplanned decision. That but sounds like something we would do. Well, yeah. you know, I think yeah. traveling in an RV and as a couple, and you you spend so much time together, you get to know yourself and each other and what you like and don't even more mm-hmm. and we talk about a lot as we're traveling you know oh this is a nice area or that's a nice area or what would we like and oh no that looks too big or, so you loosely chat about those things but I know a lot of people travel in an RV looking for where's going to be our next home base that was not our and I really were even surprised we ended up back in Colorado but I'm glad we mm. did because yeah. it, it mm-hmm. is really a beautiful state and oh. there is so much still that we haven't mm. seen even in our own state. I would imagine that you would still recommend this life for people. Absolutely. And um, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's considering doing this? I think I would say rent first. Yes. And I know it seems expensive, but a lot of people don't necessarily look at the total cost of RVing. 
and we've talked about this that what we have found it is not as cheap as it was when we started mm-hmm. it is much more expensive now with campgrounds yes fuel as well but i think campgrounds and even just rvs themselves and the repairs and maintenance of them and you know depreciation we're starting to see a lot of people pay top dollar in the last couple of years for rvs we're starting to see a you know well the recession's on the way the economy has been slowing so Mm. i think a lot of people you're looking at what the cost of the rv is you go to an rv show and they've got a you guys just got back from the ohio show and you see the stickers oh it's only 222 dollars a month and we're like "Mm," and the rest you know you (laughs) you really have to be smart about well and that's a 20-year note and you're paying interest on a 20-year note for a long time on a depreciating depreciating asset so that's Mm -hmm. a it's a double whammy with that but also to julie's point is renting is that it's also a great idea to rent a couple RVs just to see if you like it to begin mm. with, but especially the actual RV type. You know, the person who sold us the RV that we currently have, he originally thought he was going to get a van and he rented a van for a weekend and it hit his head four times on the roof. And he's like, oh my gosh, I could never live in this. Right. And so he just had, in a couple day rental, realized, okay, I need to have something a little bit more space. And so mm-hmm. those you know, a thousand dollars you spend on a rental could save you ten thousand dollars in buying the wrong RV. And uh, I was telling someone just a few days ago that some people who don't do their research, I mean, doing your research is huge and getting a feel for things is huge. We met a guy once who wanted to get into RVing, knew he wanted a motorhome, at least he narrowed it down to not towable. And he first bought a Class C and he drove it for a month or so, realized he didn't like it. And he's like, you know, I'm going to get a Class A, a gas Class A, and that'll be fine. And he drove it, he didn't like it. Another month later, he's like, oh, I'm going to get a diesel then. Maybe I'll like that better. Bought the diesel, didn't like it. So wow. then he ends up buying a Prevo motor coach, you know, a three-quarter million dollar coach. Those uh-huh. are expensive. Yeah, I like to joke that the guy had more dollars than cents. Oh. You know, he, <laughs> he, uh, he lost tens of thousands, perhaps $100,000 on all these changing rigs. And if he would have just spent a little bit of time go on a test drive before you purchase one. (laughs) Right. Do something. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have saved him, you know, tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. So just, yeah, tiptoe into it and do your research. Do your research. Don't jump into it blind. Well, I highly recommend that they read your books. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got two of them out there. You've got uh, Living the RV Life, Your Ultimate Guide to Living on the Road, RV Hacks for Tips and Tricks, we're going to put links in the description so that you can go right and purchase the book if you'd like and check it out. Also, you have rvlove.com. Mm-hmm. And that is your main base of operations, right? Yep. And that's your link to YouTube and you're Every, on social yep. media. And lots of blog posts. So we're doing, you know, we started out doing a lot of YouTubes and now with the books and everything, we, we really love writing. Well, because we what, love going into the depth of the information and really going in deep. And you can do that with written form. Well, that's yeah. the thing. You guys are thorough, very mm-hmm. thorough, and yeah. I think your information is very valuable. Yeah. Well, thank, well, thank you. you very much. And uh, we appreciate you being on our podcast. Yes, thank you. Oh, it's been a real joy. I love being here with you guys. Thanks so much for inviting us. Mark and Julie Bennett of RVLove.com. Oh, they are so nice and so fun. Jeff, I'm so glad we got the opportunity to meet them. And guess what? There's no better source for information about RVing. Yeah, their books are incredible. Their blogs are very detailed with everything from extended warranties to campgrounds. And the videos are awesome. You got to check out Lessons Learned from an RV Fire and also Where RVs Go to Die. Just great videos. Right. On YouTube, they have RVLove.com and they are on Instagram and Facebook. We have the links below in the description, too. Yep. 
that's it for this week. We're going to be back next week with another episode in our adventure. Until then, stay safe and keep learning about our being. You're never too old or too experienced to learn new things. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.